Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fence side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Well, not an easy one here today either. The Dolphins don't lose by seven touchdowns, but they did lose by six touchdowns to the New England Patriots by the score of 43 to nothing at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. was not an easy one. As far as I'm concerned, Paul, two down, 14 to go as the Dolphins continue what looks to be a tank for the 2019 NFL season. They did play a little bit better. I mean, at the end of of the third quarter, the Dolphins were actually only down two touchdowns. So that's something. Yeah, it certainly is something. Um, Fitzpatrick made sure basically looked at the two touchdowns and said, hold my beer, and went out and made it a four-touchdown lead but we'll get into that as we go through our grades yep he certainly did and uh let's go, go to some news here after the game and during the week we talked a lot about Mika Fitzpatrick who had a pretty good game in that rover position that he seemingly doesn't want to play uh, according to our a report by Armando Salguero the Dolphins are talking about with about a first round pick with a couple of different teams few teams that are being talked about are the Kansas City Chiefs, the Dallas Cowboys, some of those teams in playoff contention about a first round draft pick. So, Paul, my question to you is if if you trade them to the Dallas Cowboys, or the Kansas City Chiefs, you're tr- probably trading them to a playoff team, meaning that the Dolphins return would be somewhere between 20 and 32 in the NFL draft. It would give them three first rounders, two second rounders and two third rounders. So would you be okay with that trade or would you prefer the Dolphins keep Mika Fitzpatrick? Honestly, knowing that there's three teams in the discussions around a first round pick, uh, I'd be willing to part with him for a first. I don't want to part with him for a second, a third and, and taco. Um, to me, it just feels like eventually he might buy in on this move piece as he grows into the role. I saw some signs of him growing into it today and hopefully Miami is able to retain Minka and he gets this shit out of his head because at the end of the day, he signed it. He, he got drafted by them. If he doesn't want to be here in four years, great. Good for you. But as it stands right now, you're under contract play ball you need to do what was told. And I think if he buys into what he's doing, he could legitimately be an all pro as, as that switch piece. Once he grows into that role in a year or two. Yeah. Like I said the other day, I think this is more about Minka playing for a team that is tanking, not necessarily him being moved around, but the word is he doesn't like his role with the team. I don't know how much I honestly believe that, but we'll see what happens. You know, if it's a first-round pick, I still would not do it. 
I would like to see kind of a bidding war and maybe the Dolphins getting a first and a third if, you know, it's we, we can't turn this around and, and make it work with Mika Fitzpatrick. But yeah, I, I yeah, I, I put out a a poll on a Twitter and we, you bring up Taco Charlton. My question was if the Dolphins were offered a second round pick in uh in twenty twenty, a third round pick in twenty twenty one and defensive end Taco Charlton, who's a player that's been talked about for the Dallas Cowboys, could fit pretty well in this three four defense as, as kind of that pass rush piece, but hasn't played very well. sixty nine percent of Dolphins fans who responded to the poll said that they would not take that trade. Would you take it? No. Sorry, I answered your question ahead of your question on that one, I think. Yeah, I I wouldn't either. I I it's got to be a first rounder at least, and I still wouldn't do a first rounder. I'd prefer first, third, or a first round pick and either a third or a fourth. Also, Kenyon Drake was talked about too, and I I don't know how accurate this is, but at this point, if Kenyon Drake does not factor into the Dolphins' plans, maybe he does end up going going for a mid rounder. It's possible. I think I think Kenyon wants to be here. Reports are that he does want to be in Miami, and Miami's got the cap space next year to extend Kenyon if they if they are able to utilize him to his strengths, which he can be a pretty lethal piece if if used appropriately. And Miami's got what north of a hundred million for cap space next year, so yep. I mean it, it shouldn't be hard to get an extension in place and still be able to do well anything that they want to do with the cap space that they've got. Yeah, and even a, a trade wouldn't make a lot of sense either because if the Dolphins and the in the compensatory formula works out for them next year, if if you lose Drake, maybe you get even a fourth or a fifth round pick back. But then again the Dolphins should be pretty active in free agency with all the money they have. So you know I, I would understand too yeah it I, I could go either way. If if they're Got to be active in free agency, which I intend for them to be. If Drake doesn't figure into the plans, maybe you do unload him for a fourth-round pick or something like that. But I'm still frustrated that he is not more prominently figured throughout, you know, throughout the game. And we'll we'll get to that a little bit later when we go to our position by position grades. So taking a look at this here, Paul. I mean. The Dolphins did, like I said, they, they hung around until the end of the until the end of the third quarter. It was a sixteen to nothing game, so technically two scores, and it didn't feel like it was that big of a blowout throughout the game. I mean, heck, two, at the two minute warning in the first half, the Miami Dolphins were only down by seven points to the Patriots, and then Antonio Brown has a blatant offensive pass interference call against Jamal Wilts. It's not called. Catches a touchdown and it's thirteen nothing after the mix missed extra point. But offensively, man oh man, halfway through the third quarter, the Dolphins had forty nine total yards on offense. Yeah, and they were negative yardage for the second half, I believe, at that point. I think they were at negative three yards for the half. So between the two, that's not good enough. And you look at as the game went on, Josh Rosen finally came in. You know, he hit a ball right off Preston Williams' hands down in the red zone. He hit a ball off Jakeem Grant's hands, which would have been blatantly an obvious touchdown. And, you know, it just looked like night and day when, when Josh Rosen came in over Ryan Fitzpatrick. 
But, again, uh, that's the same thing we saw in the preseason. It's the same thing a lot of Dolphins fans saw. They're still not going to start him most likely next week, which would be an unfortunate thing because I want to see the kid play. I want to see what we've got. I want to see if Miami needs to utilize those two or three draft picks next year for a quarterback or not. Well, we've wanted to see him play starting game one. And what would you have had to lose if you did? And I think it would have given Dolphins fans something to watch this year, even behind a bad offensive line. And to go back to what you were saying, yeah, with eight minutes left in the game, we're just looking for something to hang our hat on. Dolphins are down 37 to nothing. Josh Rosen drops a dime to Jakeem Grant. He loses it in the sun, dropped 55-yard touchdown. Two plays later, Preston Williams. He drops a dime to Preston Williams for a walk-in touchdown. Ball goes right off his hands. I mean, we could be talking about Preston Williams with five catches for 100 plus, 110 plus yards and a touchdown and something to hang our head on. Did not come to that. So let's go to the grades, Paul. Quarterback, you know, we, we've talked about this. Um, you know, I, I think Fitzpatrick absolutely needs to be benched in favor of Josh Rosen. When Rosen came in, he had one interception I, I think it was on the last play of the game on a tip ball he does get some balls tipped but yeah I mean he, he the ball just comes out of his hands so cleanly and we have to see what's going to happen with Josh Rosen for the rest of the year but when you take a look at the Dolphins quarterback rating here on the season 32.4 between Josh Rosen and Ryan Fitzpatrick in two games clearly not good enough uh you know, because Rosen, I thought, looked somewhat decent when he came in at the end of the game, I'm going to give them a D. I'm going to go with an F here. It's, you know, Fitzpatrick was getting beat up, but he only made it worse by putting the Dolphins in a position where the Patriots didn't have to worry about the run any longer uh, with, with his back-to-back interceptions for touchdown. I mean, Jesus, that that was so horrific. When your quarterback gives up 14 points, I don't care if one of them was on, on a, a ball that probably should have been caught. Your quarterback gives up 14 points in a stretch of minutes. I can't give I can't give the team anything but an F for the quarterback position. I was at that same spot last week with special teams, and uh, yeah, I, so I, I'm with you. Any any time you <laughs> you have that situation where you're putting points on the board for the other team, I mean let's. Let's even take it a step further. On on offense, the Dolphins have uh, have the, the opposing defense in two games has scored 14 points, and the Dolphins on offense have scored 10 points. So that alone should be a failing grade. I'm with you on that. So at running back, a little bit better this week. 13 carries for 40 yards. Last week it was 10 carries for 12 yards out of the running backs. You know, Kenyon Drake a little bit more involved this week. Kalen Balage continues to struggle. How do you grade the running back spot? I'd go with a C minus here. I like the way a couple of the backs are catching the ball out of the backfield, and I'm not going to point at Kalen Balage with that because there was a very easy screen pass his way that he ducked to avoid the ball and then look behind him like he thought the ball was to somebody else. I mean, that was just ugly. And I think I just talked myself down to a D-plus for the running back position. I mean, not a lot to love, but they also weren't in a position 
to be utilized heavily outside of the passing game. I'm going to go with a D, and a big reason is Kalen Balazs. I mean, four carries for six yards, and man, oh, man, does he look bad in the passing game. And it's not specifically even blocking. He's not a great blocker either, but that that pick six was not on Ryan Fitzpatrick. That was 100% on Kalen Balazs because the ball went right into his hands. He bobbled it and basically handed the ball off to Jamie Collins. And he also had a, a drop pass on the first drive of the game that if he breaks a tackle, maybe we're talking about a first down. So to me, Kalen Balazs, it's hard to watch him right now. And I, I hope the Dolphins can get Mark Walton on the field a little bit sooner. Patrick Laird was active for this game too, I believe. I hope they get him on the field too. But I, I have no faith right now in in Kalen Balage. A wide receiver and tight end, you know, we, we've talked about them. And, man, oh, man, what a rough game. I mean, the stat sheet says four catches for 64 yards for Preston Williams. But – Dropped two more passes, and one of them at least could have padded the stat sheet at the end of the game. I think the kid still has talent, but you got to come down with that pass. And Devontae Parker as well, it, you know, it's it's eight minutes left in the second quarter, and Ryan Fitzpatrick drops back and airs the ball out, puts it right where it needs to be for Devontae Parker. It would have been a very good catch against J.C. Jackson with eight minutes left in the second quarter, but if he comes down with it, the Dolphins are in the red zone you know, in the middle of the second quarter, and they did not make that happen. Jakeem Grant just continues a nightmare of a season. I mean, at halftime, he had negative seven rushing and receiving yards on the year. He finished the game with three catches for 22 yards, but the big thing with him is that he he took a punt return that was very ill-advised, and then in addition to that, drops a 55-yarder with just minutes left. Could have at least padded the stat sheet. So it was all bad all around at wide receiver at tight end. Nick O'Leary missed a terrible block at the beginning of the game on a Jakeem Grant end around. I, I've got to give them an F. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, I'm not saying that they would have won the game, but <clears throat> at least they would have preserved – Miami from getting shut out in this one. Uh, they had multiple opportunities and failed to capitalize on most of those those opportunities. I can't wait to see Albert Wilson get back out there. Offensive line, I'm going to throw it back to you. I'm going to go <clears throat> because they did have a good first half. Not great, but they actually showed some semblance of being an offensive line for the first time in a while. I'm going to give the offensive line a C minus here. I mean, they didn't open up huge running lanes, but at the same time, Miami was in position where they were mostly throwing the ball and Fitzpatrick got batted around a little bit in the second half. But at the end of the day, the offensive line did much better than we expected in this one. So I'll give them a C minus. I would have graded them at a B minus in the first half and in the second half, it, w- it would have been an F minus. So I'm going to put it somewhere in the middle there at a D plus, you know, I thought it, it brought down the offensive, you know, the, the entire offense to a level where they they really couldn't even compete in, in that second half, you know, and maybe they wouldn't have anyway, but this is a, a offensive line that should at least, keep the quarterback clean against the Patriots who don't pride themselves really on pass rush from the defensive line, which they got. Uh, Danny Isidore is brutal at right guard. 
And Jesse Davis, even though he is a very good player, he should. it is a disservice to him to have him at left tackle. Uh, he got absolutely smoked on at least three occasions on third down. Very big plays, too. So, you know, I'm hoping Jesse Davis kicks back inside next year. Let's move on to the defensive side of the ball because there actually were some bright spots here. Um, it, all, along the front seven, you know, when you take a look at the run defense, first of all, I mean, there's not much of a pass rush. Charles Harris continues to go invisible. You know, I'm, I'm hoping he's going to turn it around at some point. It doesn't look like that's happening. But when you take a look at the run defense, if you take out Mark Ingram's 50-yard run, the first play of the of the season, the Dolphins on, on run defense are averaging about three three point nine yards a carry. So at least there's some progress there. We're just looking for things to hang our hat on. So you know what's what's impressing you about this front seven? How do you grade how they did uh, in this game? There were moments in this one where John Jenkins looked absolutely dominant, and that was a pleasant thing to see. I thought. Tank did a good job doing a little bit of pass rush, even though he only got to that. I don't even think he got credit for a half sack when Jenkins hit Brady with his own lineman. But, you know, Tank Tank was right there. There were one or two plays with Charles Harris where I thought he did well. They just they just schemed well to stop. Um, and, I mean, Christian Wilkins had that forced fumble. And I thought had a decent, solid game as did Davin Gotchow. So there were some bright spots. I mean, if if we're incorporating pass rush with the defensive line here, uh, Vince Beagle getting his first career sack was was a big fun thing to see. But you know, I don't have a problem with the front seven on defense. There's really just two players that I'm underwhelmed by, and they're they're not in the front seven. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I know who they are, too. Uh, yeah, front seven, I didn't have a huge problem. They don't have a pass rusher. It's about time that we, you know, just start accepting that. But going back to John Jenkins, I mean, John Jenkins flat out walked back Shaq Calhoun, or excuse me, uh, Shaq Mason, back to the quarterback at least three times in this game. And Shaq Mason is a Pro Bowl player with the Patriots making about nine or ten million a year. So that's a bright spot. Devin Gotcha, I think, just flat out does his job. And Christian Wilkins, yeah, had the force fumble. He doesn't keep the best containment, especially with gap assignments at this point. Hopefully that that comes into play a lot more. But, yeah, Vince Beagle, to me, was the star of this game. I mean, I counted at least four times that he made legitimate pass rush moves, and he came away with a sack, too. He's somebody that we're – going to have to keep an eye on moving forward so I, I didn't have a huge problem with what they what they did here so I'm going to give them a I'm going to give them a B minus I mean I'm I'm completely there with you on that it, it's did I give my grade I, I know I talked about it a lot I wasn't no. sure if I gave my grade ah okay no no I'm going to no, give the, I'm going to I'm going to give the front seven a B. I mean, they held a pretty, they helped hold a pretty potent Patriots offense to less scores than we saw on the scoreboard here. And really the pass rush was good. I thought at times when, or it was as good as it could be anyway. And and like you said, with the run defense, they're allowing 3.9 yards per carry outside of that one run, if you take it away. So I didn't have a problem with the front seven here. 
Yeah, and hopefully we can get some pass rushers here along the way too. And I will bang the table on this in the offseason if he's not re-signed by the Chiefs. Chris Jones, if the Dolphins can get him on their defensive line with Wilkins and with Gottschaw and maybe with a John Jenkins coming back, I think that's going to make a big difference for an impact player. Defensive backs, I think we know who to point the finger at here. I mean, we've talked about Minka. Xavier Howard, again, had a fantastic game. He had one penalty, but, you know, you're, you're going to have some penalties and you're going to have a pass caught off of here and there. Uh, you know, I thought Bobby McCain had a good bounce back game. Rashad Jones was not available in this contest. And uh, Minka, you know, played in the box. He was all over the field. I thought he showed a lot of passion. Maybe he was just showing that as trade bait here for this upcoming week. But um, that they did well. And we know who the good players are, but Eric Rowe and Jamal Wiltz, man, oh man, Paul, these guys are tough to watch. And it really gets exposed when you go up against Antonio Brown and up against Jamal Wiltz. I I hope the Dolphins can get Ken Webster on the field a little bit more. This is a player that was a projected first or second round pick just a year ago today, but had a terrible knee injury. Uh, at Ole Miss, but he really does look the part. Keep an eye on him, but Tom Brady goes 20 for 28, 254 yards, two touchdowns for the season. Lamar Jackson and Tom Brady have a quarterback rating over 150, so this grade is definitely brought down a lot by Eric Rowe and Jamal Wiltz, uh, and that that grade here is going to be, let's go with a C-. minus. I'm going to go with a C plus here and a lot of it has to do with any player not named Wiltz or Rowe. I mean, those, those two were just abysmal. They, they extended drives, they allowed touchdowns and yeah, there were a couple of pick plays. Wiltz maybe allowed that touchdown to Antonio Brown on a pretty obvious pass interference. But again, what I see out of those two is just not good enough. Xavier Howard is just, freaking lights out i mean if he had a penalty but whatever you know you're gonna get those throughout the season if you're playing hard you're gonna occasionally get a few um yeah as you pointed out and and bobby mccain like you said great bounce back game and minka did recover that fumble that after christian wilkins forced it which was great to see and i thought he did a little bit better job responding whether it's you know proving his worth for trade or what have you um I thought he did a little better job responding to being that move piece and the way they game planned with him this week. Let's uh, wrap it up here with special teams before we get to the good and the bad players of the game. Uh, special team, you know, it, not a lot to talk about because Jason Sanders did not attempt an extra point. Matt Hawk, I tell you what, is when – if he could punt on a short field as well as he does on a long field – that I think he'd be one of the best punters in the league. But I can't tell you how many times this year and last year that the Dolphins are punting from the 30 or 40-yard line and Matt Hawk ends up kicking it. The Dolphins end up with 30 or 35 net yards on the play. Not good enough. I hope the Dolphins get a different punter next year unless Matt Hawk turns it around because he does have the talent to do it too. Um, on kick return, at least Jakeem Grant returned the ball to the 35-yard line toward the end of the game. Not a whole lot else to report on, so I'm I'm just going to go ahead and give them a C plus. I'll give them a B. I mean, there was nothing spectacular short of what you've already mentioned. 
Uh, I did find it absolutely humorous that they iced an extra point successfully, which you don't see very often um, in the NFL. But, you know, it was. I, yeah. I'm glad we're not grading this, the Patriots special teams because that would be a very obvious F. So one if area that might be credit, won the battle. If we give them credit here for uh, for, for Guskowski's missed kicks, and that is humorous about the the iced extra point, then it brings up the grade substantially. Uh, I I'll stick with my C plus, but. Yeah, Gaskowski had a pretty rough game. He had missed two extra points, and he also missed, a, I think, a 47-yard field goal. So, yeah, it's uh, special teams has definitely not been the problem with this team this year. Danny Crossman's done a pretty good job so far, so we'll, we'll hope that he continues that as we go along. Paul, who is your player of the game, and who is your Coke bus player of the game? I'm going to give Xavier Howard player of the game. I thought he did a very good job uh, against a pretty potent Patriots passing attack in really just shutting down, you know, whoever got thrown at him, whether it was Josh Gordon uh, or, or really anybody else along that Patriots front, because God, they've got a good wide receiving core. And again, he, he continues to prove that you want to throw at those weak players on the other side of the field. So I'll give it to Xavier Howard. And for Coke bus, Ooh, Eric Rowe. I'm going to give it to Eric Rowe because, you know, Wiltz did allow that touchdown off of what should have been a pass interference. So we'll share the load this week and throw throw Rowe up on that Coke bus. For my my player of the game, I'm going to go with – a species that's right next to me, who is actually our third third co-host here, uh, who's a beagle himself, uh, Jackson. I'm going to get (laughs) – but I'm going to give the player of the game to Vince Beagle. I think this is a player to really keep an eye on throughout the year. I mean, he he had a sack of Tom Brady, and I thought it very easily could have been two or three. If we're looking for that type of edge rusher that is going to basically scheme their way to the quarterback, I I think this guy could be that person. Uh, My cook bus player of the game is Kalen Blage. This is somebody who needs to flat out step it up. Four carries for six yards and drops two easy passes in the in in the passing game. I mean, just not good enough right now. I'm really hoping that Brian Flores looks at the game tape and sees that Mark Walton is the better running back at this point. He just seems to get it a lot more. They're about the same age. I would rather put him out there uh, right now. So that will do it for our breakdown of the Miami Dolphins. 43 to nothing loss to the New England Patriots. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the thin side. So, Ladi, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the thin side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the thin Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do again. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. 
Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.